Hello and welcome to the Flatland BMX Podcast. This is your host, Scott O'Brien. Today, I'm going to talk to Ephraim Catlow, the guy that runs Flat Matters. I really wanted to get with him because, um, you know, he invests a lot back into Flatland BMX through his years. And he started Flat Matters, one of our main websites in Flatland BMX. And it's really uh, been able to promote Flatland and everything that we do. Um, I'd love to take a moment, kind of pick his brain about Flat Matters, see where he's at with his riding. Ephraim's been riding for many years um, and competed on every level. He's also a judge at a lot of major competitions in the world. So he's a great guy for us to talk to today. Stand by one second. Let me get him on the line. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you. Yo. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up, E from Catalog? Welcome to my podcast, Flatland BMX Podcast. What's up, Big E? Yeah, doing good, Scott. How are you? Doing good, my brother. How things been going, man? You been good? Yeah, keeping busy. Got a Flatland school going on. Um, every day working at the skate park, trying to ride every spare hour I get. And trying to stay fit, doing a little bit of road bikes and updating the Flatland community every day. What's going on? Not much, brother. Well, I started this podcast, and uh, the reason why I did it, I just wanted to kind of have another platform for um, for all of us to kind of share our experiences and push people in and out of Flatland BMX with just the kind of people we are and, and the community of Flatland BMX. So you were definitely someone I wanted to hit up, and the first topic I wanted to talk about with you was uh, the Flat Matters website. I wanted to ask you, you know, for those of the people that are listening that don't know anything about Flatland, Flat Matters website is run by Ephraim Catlow, and it is like our, our staple website for all of our community to get together and view videos and stuff. So I wanted to ask you about the process of Flat Matters. How did you start it? You know, what was your motivation behind it? Um, I started, it actually started as a page in Ride UK. It was, uh, Mark Noble was kind enough to give me a page in a magazine back when print was, you know, you could buy the ride magazine everywhere, and that was really cool. Um, and then kind of print died out, and Mark Noble suggested to me that, hey, why don't you take your what you're doing on one page and do interviews and use the connections you have and do something a bit more positive for the scene rather than just one page? Because, I mean, Mark Noble was a Flatlander, back in the day and he's been world champion and stuff so he know, he knows like what the flatland community wants um so i was like yeah but i wonder how i do that and then i was in a skateboard shop and talking to them about it and they were suggesting hey why don't you do a blog and then i was go home and look up what a blog was because i didn't know at the time and um yeah it came from there and then i was just like how do i find content because there was no content at that time because you know people weren't updating videos and news there wasn't that much going on you know so right it was just like uh and this I, I just found it like i was trying to look at it from the viewpoint of a flatlander at home what would you want to see out of every day when you get up in the morning you want to see have some motivation and i was like oh, this is what i'm gonna do right right and so you just said man we gotta we gotta have a place for us all to go and like you just took that and just gave back to the community by kind of learning about what a blog was and and putting in the time and the effort and just saying, we need a platform for us 
you know, prints dying out. We need a place for everybody to visit online. So that's, you just said, we got, we got, I got to get this done. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, originally um, also flat matters, many people won't know, but some of the English guys will is that flat matters was a t-shirt that I did with Adidas back in the day. for King Oh, really? 2000. Yeah. So a lot of the competitions like the X games and stuff, they dropped flatland out. And then I, I had like, I was like, you know what, dad, like, being a concrete run for 17 years. I'm like, this is one of the biggest contests in Europe. You know, we had 60 riders deep, Scott. It was insane at some point. Right. So I was like, you know what, flat matters does matter here. And then I, I was taking it from the King of Concrete to, to, to like online. So I was like, man, right. I used to make a zine. But the problem was I was only doing like 100 copies. So I wasn't reaching right. anybody, you know. Right. So I was huh. like, how can I reach kids in Argentina? I was like, I'm going to do this online. Right. And just get out there and get global with it. Right. So yeah, I mean, or that's... Argentina or anywhere for that matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's just putting back in. You saw a need and you put down the bike and picked up the computer and you saw a need, you know, and, and that's what, you know, kind of one of the things that, that I keep talking about is investing in something you love, you know? So, and you, you actually mentioned something. I'm actually kind of curious about it. Like you said, you, it was a flat matters t-shirt. Why, why don't you do that now? Because I think the name's kind of cool. I think you could kind of really sell flat matters t-shirts around the world. I know you don't want to get into the headaches of shipping things out and such, but I actually think that might be kind of cool. Have you ever considered that? Yeah, I'm working on it at the moment, actually. Oh, good. That's awesome. Because yeah. someone, someone actually asked me, if you talk to Ephraim, ask him why, why he doesn't have, like, T-shirts and hats and things like that, because it would be kind of fun to, to have that for our yeah, community. Yeah, well, you, you can know? tell him that it's something that's in the works. I just need to have the finance to do it, because yeah, it's a labor yeah. of love, really. I don't make any money out of Flat Matters. I mean, I've had some emails from riders like right. thinking that right. I make a lot of money out of it. I'm like, guys, I'm working a full-time job. I'm trying to ride. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that part of it for sure. E, because, uh, because it's the same thing with like voodoo and, and other things. Some of the contests I'm MC. Yeah, you're doing, it for in your, nothing. you're doing it in your spare time and people right. do need to remember that. I think. Right. Yeah. Man, so, I think everybody's all in the same boat. You know, we're all doing this for love really. Yep. Yep. And, Sometimes, man, that, that, that's really, you know, the beautiful thing about it, you know? Um, so, like, it's good. So, if anybody's listening, check out flatmatters.com. Also, you can check out Big E on uh, Flat Matters for the uh, Facebook page as well. Um, he's always getting things uh, organized for our sport, um, all the latest and greatest news and, and such on <clears throat> every aspect of the sport. So, so moving on from Flat Matters, um, what uh, uh, someone – uh, told me to talk to you about, and that person is Terry Adams. He said, would you please ask Ephraim, <clears throat> what was it like? Because he was actually an amateur when he was watching you compete. I, I don't know if we would say your highest level, but probably one of your highest levels when you qualified first at the, uh, the BS competition for the X Games, uh, the BSX series in Louisville. He, he kind of said, could you talk to Ephraim a little bit about, like, what was that like being at that high level with all of those riders because i don't think a lot of people realize how many riders there were back then he wanted to kind of just say he, he wanted you to talk about your experience through that whole x process that whole top level riding when you were at your top of your game can you talk about that a little bit i remember that really well scott i met you and terry at the 1999 louisville x trials um i 
arranged to stay over in the States for the first round, which was Louisville and then Richmond, Virginia, to try and have a good chance of qualifying. Right. Um, I remember like just being in awe of, um, you know, you, I was a young kid coming from the UK, see all the superstars at the event, like Andrew Farris and Trevor Mayer, Jason Brown, rest in peace, Jason Brown. Right. You know, uh, Steve Mulder was the guy that really stood out to me. Like, I was just like, honestly, I was just a little kid watching, just going, oh my God. Um, right. And then uh, I had to, ch- I remember I got there, um, I was pretty dialed the stuff I wanted to do. I tried to always ride a little bit differently since I was a young kid, try and do different stuff every contest. Right. Um, and I had the stuff pretty drilled in like I was doing the steamroller kick flip stuff and cowboy flip stuff back then and uh, half hiker flip to cross foot hitch which were all pretty new things for the time I don't think anybody was doing them around that time no I don't think so no um and then like I, I, I remember getting to the practice and I think it was Jason Brown did one of the things that I wanted to do so I quickly changed <laughs> the second <laughs> half of my run. So I was like, oh man, I don't want to do the same as those guys. Um, right. And I just remember that I found um, a small practice spot just around the corner from where the contest was. And I remember being really nervous and just thinking, oh, I, I, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do and see what happens. I, I honestly didn't think I'd qualify for, for the X Games to begin with. And then I, when I qualified first, I was like, yeah, it was a dream come true but right right i mean in, think, think about who was there think about who was there e i mean I know. mike steingraber alex jumlin jimmy petite andrew ferris um jason brown as you said uh tad de groot um man uh, we can go on and on trevor was trevor trevor meyer was there um yeah dude that was a big list of riders dude you, you know what's What's crazy, Scott? The the hard when you've won once, I don't. It's it's hard to win, obviously. But when you win once, I think it gets harder after that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. When, when I won the world championships and like Asika was there, Dave Smith was there, you know, Phil Dolan, Albert Rete. The the contest after you put all this pressure on yourself, and I'm like, man, this is this is really hard. And I'd liken it to the Louisville experience, really, like. I didn't really have any pressure going into the event because I didn't. I was just going there just to have the buffer of. I want to try and get enough points from the two rounds to try and make it to the X Games. That was my my dream. Right. And I remember, you know, it wasn't a glamorous thing. I was selling stickers to pay money to get there. Um, and then I remember <laughs> just being so stoked every day. There was new people coming every day, like. And I remember meeting you guys and little Terry Adams. It was it was rad. Yeah, I mean, people I'd see a little picture in a magazine, I'd be like, "Oh shit, it's Terry Adams!" Like it's rad. Yeah, because like you know that was Terry's first time flying, actually. Yeah. Um, and we actually met Art Thomason there, and um, and we stayed with him, and uh, Patrick School and the eventual owner of Flatland Fuel. Uh, that's when he kind of talked to us. Yeah, I mean, it was uh. It was fun, man. Like, I remember those days. It's just like the top level, man. That was just, you know, like, that's what Terry was like, man, talk to him about that, how that was. Because Terry, like, you got to realize that he was the AM guy. And it was like him and Wilhelm were the AM guys. And, and, uh, and, and they, uh, I think Wilhelm won and he got second. But 
anyway, it's just they were looking at you, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, who's that guy? You know, and that was our first yeah, time. Yeah, I always tried to – the other thing is I always tried to have what I call pro rider responsibility. I tried to be all – talk to all the kids. I remember the first time I came to the States, I got to give a big shout-out to Art Thomason. He was really welcoming, and I was like, man, this is rad. Like, right. We just hung out, rode in the car park the whole time, and it was just like – a real camaraderie and I was just like this is something that I would like to continue doing and then it, I guess people see it as like glamorous from like the Dave Mirror era with the X Games you know but you know Dave was a guy like Terry said on the previous podcast that opened the door for everyone so yeah and, and Dave's positive personality was also something very inspiring for us all because it's so easy to turn negative um, yeah I mean first... I, rode, I rode on the Haro team Back with Dave. Dave's one of my biggest right. inspirations. Yeah, I was heartbroken when the Dave mirrored and news broke. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was very, oh, man, that was just so heartbreaking. You know, we all love him so much. And, but, you know, I mean, like the thing with Dave that I always liked, and just to touch on that real quick, was that I just touched on it was the, the positivity. It's like every BMX rider has so many reasons to like slide to the negative side because it's so hard to like make it and like actually get to competitions and spend all your money and, Going, some guys go in debt and, and are still paying for it, you know, uh, years later for a trip that they took. But, but still, like, to stay positive in it all, like, that's... that's yeah, but you know what, Scott? You take all those memories home and it's rad. Like, I remember meeting Terry, yourself, Art Thomason, Matt Wilhelm was on a rigid back at that 99 Louisville. And you, you remember everything that those guys say. I remember Matt Wilhelm was like, what do you know about first place? And I'm like, God, right. Man. <laughs> you know, and you go home and you're, you can't buy that stuff. Yeah, you bought the ticket, but once you, you have to go to these events because they, it, could cha- it changed my life. So, oh, it does it, man. To, in answer to Terry's question, you know, it's probably the best time in my life. Like, I remember the, that whole era, I'd go contest to contest and not have a worry in the world. I was just busting out new tricks. Every contest was amazing. Yeah, man, that's that's a great answer, dude, because that's a great perspective. You just put it in and you just can't buy it, man. Like the experiences, the friendships we've made and, and, and the people we've been around and it just you just can't, man. It's, I tell people all the time, like the experience of being a flatland BMX rider and like getting involved with with other people. It's just it's you can't buy it, man. It's hard to even explain, you know, but um, yeah, man. So like moving on from that. Like, just to talk real quick, like, where's your riding at today? Like, what is your – what, you're riding still. Sometimes you take off a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, still, you're, you're still out there riding. So, where's your riding at today? Recreational, having fun? Like, where you're at with it right now? Uh, I, I definitely don't take any time off. Like, wanted time off. It's been injuries and stuff. Um, tend to not – the reason why I stopped competing, actually, I don't know if a lot of people know it, Scott, but – I got tendonitis from doing the tricks over and over, like repeating every day. Like, right. You know how everyone does this five in a row thing. The flip, the flip side of it that people don't see is you get obsessed with it. Like, and I, I remember I did one contest where I didn't even touch in the practice, and I was like, "Man, this is crazy." And then, like, if you touched, I remember I came to Voodoo, and me and Sam folks were riding at that city park spot. Right. And we did like 10 combos back to back, no touch. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready <laughs> yeah. go to your contest and d- don't pull anything. It's, and I'm it's like, the... <laughs> because I touched on the first trick, I, was, I heard the music. I was so hyped. I was like, man, but once I touched, I was like, 
man, I haven't touched for ages. Right, and it just got to you mentally. Yeah, but it's a it's a learning process. You learn you learn different things. Like the contest after it, I went and just rode flawless. Right, because I was like, right, don't ride to your favorite music. <laughs> Whatever you do. Right, it's about it's a level of focus, you know. I mean, for sure. So right now, you just you just back into riding as much as you can, as long as the body lets you. Um, yeah, sorry to answer your question. Yeah, um, we got I got a little bit away from your actual original question. Yeah, um, sorry. Riding every day, every day I can. Um, I'm trying not to pump so much nowadays. If you saw my last edit, um, yeah. Uh, things coming full circle. Like I used to do like three minute combos. Now I'm trying to do. I, I like got in. I'm quite into podcasts, which is interesting that you started doing. I love that you were doing the podcast because I listen to them a lot. Oh, good. And, and one of these uh, podcasts asked, "How do you know when a music track's finished?" And I was like, listening. To, I was listening to this constantly when I was riding, and I was like, "Hang on a second. How do you know when a trick's finished? Like, how do you drag a trick on so much that you forget the?" like the banger that you wanted people to see. Right. So I'm just concentrating on that really. And I'm um, trying to get a bit fitter than what I have been recently. And yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm starting I mean, I, to get there. I, I noticed you've been riding road bikes to kind of stay in shape and keep the mind fresh as well. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to do like a hundred miles a week. Um, and my goal was to be able to do on a Sunday, I do 60 miles and then I'll go and do my flatland school. And then I, ha- I have a session afterwards, which I've, it took me about two, three months to be able to do that without, um, you know, the next day not being able to walk. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, but like, I, I kind of feel you, like I kind of cut down, like I'm 44. I have aches and pains and, and, and stuff as well. Tendonitis and elbows and, and wrists and things. And, and I, I do try to cut my riding down now, get rid of all the fillers and just try to keep things like to what I want to do. And, and uh, I just kind of, that's just the way I do it now that I'm older. And I just get rid of all the filler stuff and just, what do you want to do? Do it, have some fun with it, film it. Show yeah. People I mean, I'll fun. just start filming some clips again. Um, hopefully going to, I'm going to try and just put some stuff out. I've got a few ideas to like put out and edit, like similar to music. So you mm-hmm. release like an EP, um, right. a bunch of like singles, and then you release an album for, you know, that's, kind of my idea oh cool yeah you can have fun with that for sure man we'll be looking so, out for yeah, it no, funny enough i mentioned those uh foot flips steamroller things i just started doing those again so i love those that's awesome can't wait to I was see just it. watching it I, I watched funnily enough i watched the louisville thing came up on facebook and, oh um, wow and i was like man i wonder if i could still do that and then what i could do differently with it and yeah terry terry has tried to revisit some some old tricks and physically he can't do them. Like he just, he's oh, tried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was 20, <laughs> 24 and riding six hours a day and you know, his body was fresh and physically he just can't do it. So sometimes we just got to adjust like we yeah, do. I've, in literally life, you know? for, I've literally forgotten more tricks than what I can actually do now for sure. I hear you brother. Well, look, before we get off, there's one thing you mentioned earlier. I want to talk to you about this last subject and uh, you just mentioned it a, a few minutes ago was your flatland school. Um, yes. Some other guys around the world are doing this. Japan has done it. Uh, we know that Alex did it years ago. He was yeah. probably one of the first guys to like really kind of you know have a flatland school uh, defined uh, years ago. Um, but he's doing it uh, in the south of France right now with Feast. Um, yeah, I see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So like, 
uh, tell me about your Flatland School a little bit and, and like how that process is and, and how everything's going with it. Uh, the Flatland School runs every Sunday um, for two hours and I have a group of about, it ranges from five kids to ten kids. Awesome. I have like about three kids that come absolutely every week. Um, and I don't really, this might be of interest to people, I don't really call it Flatland to the kids. I call it bike skills because I, I like obviously it. work at Southsea Skate Park and a lot of the kids want to learn the technical side of riding and I'm sitting here at work telling these kids, hey, you're not going to be able to hang five over a box if you don't have flatland skills. So I, I think that's, kids. I think that's very clever. I think that's a clever idea to kind of, kind of uh, get them started with bike skills. Like that is just, that's real clever. I like it. Yeah. So my whole theory with, with that is because I used to ride park back in the day, at the King Concretes and stuff is you can only get so far on the ramps with limited trictionary. So the more tricks you know, the bigger arsenal it opens up for you to learn. And there's kids getting really good. So there's one kid particularly who's got like real good. He won the Southie competition this year against people like two or three years older than him. And that's really wow. cool. And he's sticking at it. And I'm trying to give back what, you know, I had as a kid, like I'm trying to give, the, give these kids a safe place to go and like have professional advice, like motivation. Yeah, and it also it motivates me. Like, this one of my biggest things with flat matters is that I don't try to judge people that send an edit, and unless obviously a guy's doing a hang five falling off for three minutes, post that because he's going to get like a lot of negative. But I try, right. I try and look at it. the good thing about Flatland, also the hard thing about it when you come to judge it or anything like that, is that everybody's at their own level, right, Scott? You know? Right. Yeah. So no, nobody's on exactly the same level. It's just not possible. Everybody's on a different path, which is really cool. It's one of the things I'm fascinated about Flatland. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody's doing their thing, and some we admire very much because of, of their skills. And then you taking all that experience and putting it in your bike skills school uh, helps and creating an atmosphere for kids. I mean, it's all about the atmosphere, man. Like if it's an atmosphere of growth. Then yeah, so I mean, I've been doing it for about three years now, and it's yeah, I mean, it's definitely grown. Like, it's really cool at the moment. It's consistent. We do. We also do a few shows with the group. So nice. I'm putting I'm putting through their practice, and then I'm like, right now you have to learn what I've taught you under pressure. Right. So, and so, that and that teaches them mental skills for for their future. Uh, whatever they when they go to university and they do stuff in the future, like it just they're getting mental skills as well, you know. Yeah, and what I was telling them was like your easiest trick becomes hard. So one <laughs> that's of the, one good of the, advice. <laughs> one of the tr yeah, one of the things that, I don't know if you ever had this, Scott, when you're competing. Like I did this over the years so many times. Like I'd pull my banger and then I'd fall off the easiest trick and then I'd beat myself up about it. I'm like, what the hell have I just done? Right. Yep. And oh, yeah. I, I, I know all about I that. I see it in contest riders all the time. I'm like, man, he's just pulled that banger. I'm going to watch for the next trick just to see what happens. And pretty much, unless it's like one of the, you know, like some of the guys are just flawless all the time, aren't they? It's just amazing. But, right. Um, yeah, I, we, we were doing like pull-up bars as what was one of the sets. Like right. how many pull-up bars you could do in a line. Like it's quite, a, it's a small room to get in a lot of, like 15 maybe you know right 
And it and this kid was like pulling this fast bin all the time, and then in the show he got really cocky. And he it, and I'm like, there you go. Your easiest trick just became difficult. That's a great, then, great life lesson too, man. Yeah, and then um, we just did a show last week, and we did it again. And I just I looked at him and I said, "Don't make the same mistake again." Right. And we we busted out a flawless show, and it was awesome. Like the crowd loved it, and. We got another two kids into Flatland, so it's a great thing. Yeah, I mean that that's awesome, dude. Like it's awesome you're teaching and and that y'all had that moment where he messed up and then he came back and did it. So he obviously progressed as a person right there in front of your eyes and you had something to do with that. So that that's great, man. And 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 that's the kind of stuff I think we have to create our little Flatland soldiers out there and, and kind of keep our sport alive and give back and and before we get off the phone, that's something I just want to just say, um, you know, about you um, is that you've invested through the years back into Flatland. And uh, we need like a thousand more guys just like yourself. There are a lot of guys out there that invest back. And, you know, Big E, I just want to thank you for investing back into Flatland because what you put in is what you get out of life. And uh, your investment back into Flatland has been absolutely amazing, dude. Like all the things you've done throughout the years. And we could talk about them, just competitions and media stuff and judging and just organizational stuff and, and helping and advice and, and riding your bike and giving back and teaching. So, I mean, you're that dude. You're on that level of guys that have given everything he has back to something he loves. And, dude, I just want to give you the props for that. And I want to thank you for that. And, uh, you know, before we close out, is there any shout outs, anybody you want to thank? Oh, thanks a lot, Scott. That was amazing. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Um, I'd like to thank my mum and dad for always supporting me when I was younger, growing up from being a novice rider, allowing me to go to the skate park and um, do what I loved. Um, and then eventually to becoming a professional rider for, I guess I competed for maybe 30 years from novice through till pro. Wow. Um, so um, a big part of that was my mum and dad. So sponsorship was difficult when, even when I was professional. So I always yeah. appreciate my mum and dad putting in the effort to uh, help me out going to the contest. Um, all my friends I've met throughout the years, sponsors, there's so many sponsors over the years, but each sponsor, I thank them. Modern yeah. day profile have always hooked me up. Um, and honestly, Scott, everybody that just tunes into Flat Matters every day and enjoys the culture, that's all I ever ask for. I, like I said before, I try not to judge each person. I just try and put out the content of what people are doing. And somebody's gonna, somewhere, somewhere around the world, somebody's going to take something out of that and get inspired. That's what it's all about. Dude, that's awesome, man. Giving back is what it's all about. E, I'm definitely going to have you back on again. And the next time I get Big E on the phone, we're going to talk about judging competitions, the competition mindset, and what we see as the MC and the judge when we go to competition. Some of the conversations that E and I have at some of these big contests afterwards when we're just amazed by the riders. So after this show, like I'm going to get back with E in a few weeks, and we're going to get on that subject and talk about that. So uh, Big E, just want to thank you, my boy, and I hope you have a great day today, my, my friend. Have a good oh, thank you, Scott. Thanks for thinking of me to be on the show. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank All you. right. Yeah, brother. All right, man. Be good, man. Thank we'll you, catch guys. up soon. All right, bro. Laters. All right, bye. All right, bye. man. Laters.